We'll have our interview up with Steve Buckley from the Boston Herald shortly. We were talking about baseball with him, the Red Sox, and, uh, of course, late Maine Guides manager Doc Edwards, who passed away. Got some good stories out of that. Again, you can hear it in the audio archives after the show. This next interview you'll be able to hear as well. Travis Barrett joins us now from centralmaine.com after we unceremoniously bumped him from 1030 to 11 for, uh, for Steve. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm great. Good to... Good to have you on. Good to have you. This is, it's Oxford 250 time for you. You must be all fired up. Yeah, all fired up. That's, that's how I would describe it. Yes. I, am, I am in the middle right now of getting my media credentials for that weekend. I'm going to be there anyway, but if I could get those, the media credentials and save myself a lot of money, I'll, I'll be a happy guy. Really? <laughs> what do you mean you're in the middle of getting them? I well, I, I, you know, I'm going back and forth with, with, with Tom Abery right now, and, and the funny thing wow. is he says that he has to... Uh, has to be okayed by you know the, the pastor, but doesn't he own the pastor as well? Uh huh. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So maybe I'm getting jerked around here. I think you might be slightly. <laughs> you know who you might want to talk to? You might want to talk to that guy in the office in there. I have. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no. There's no help out of that. Well, maybe a little bit, but a little bit. I'm okay. still waiting to hear. I'm running out of time. Right. I'm going to be there anyway, but still. I know. I totally. I totally understand. But it is. It is uh, the Super Bowl of Maine racing. The Oxford 250. Yes. Yes. Do you have any? You, would, you, would you like to expound on it? You know, because it, it's uh, it's. I think yeah. a lot of people have forgotten that it's moved, and I think some people are, are confused because I think well, this, this is the second year or the third year now that this is uh, this is taking place not in July. The entry yeah, list. It's more than that now. It's yeah. More than that. Uh, it's um, man, it's got to be five years probably at least. I know, I'm old, I can't remember. But, it, you know, it's funny because somebody asked me the other day about it. Like, didn't that race used to be in July? It used to be during a, 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 a cup off week. That's yeah. why they were able so, to come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what? So what? So what's kind of happened with it over the years is, you know, there were even times it was like the last weekend of June, I remember. But when, around the time that when Bill Ryan owned the track, um, and they, that first year they had Matt Kenseth and Kurt Busch come on it, which would have been, oh, Five, oh, five, yeah. six, maybe. Um, they uh, they moved it to accommodate the Cup weekend, and then it's kind of always the off weekend, and then it's always sort of been that way. Um, and so that weekend now falls, you know, at the end of August, and and Tom hasn't changed it. He hasn't, you know, they haven't brought anybody in, but they still kind of like the idea of having it on an off weekend. And um, I, I think too, it's funny I, when it, when they first moved it. My first thought was. Man, you're killing local teams because the later you push it, the more money they've spent during exactly. the season. But it's actually—I don't know—I I feel like this year, this year especially, we're in for a, a big car count, and um, yeah. I think it's kind of a nice end of summer. I think it's really good. I, I actually like—I mean, look, personally, I hate it because it's also the time of year that we're working on fall preview stuff. So I'm really like kind of going in both directions for an entire week and a half. But but having said that, I really think it's a great spot on the calendar, right? Uh, before everybody kind of gets right back into fall and, and schools and kids and families and all that kind of stuff. It's a nice summer send-off. The entries coming through are pretty good, too. I mean, Bubba Pollard from, from down south as, as well as Austin Terrio. Yeah, it should be good. I, I think, um, you know, one of the, the true, um, you know, ways to sort of take the temperature of the race is um, the entry list. I think what they've done, which is really nice, um, their entry list has become a true, here's who's actually entered, not who we think might enter. Right. I know during those late model days, it got drummed up to like 98 cars. If you owned a late model anywhere in the you know eastern hemisphere, <laughs> you were probably going to get your name on an entry list. But now it's those are the teams that have entered. The last, I think on Monday it was 60, and 
But I think a good way to take a temperature was the, the past race they had there a couple of weeks ago. Um, or maybe it's three weeks ago now. I can't even remember, to be honest. Um, they had 51 cars show up. Yes. Race. So I think, um, for me, I think a safe estimate is you're probably going to be low 70s. I think we're going to see probably some Beechridge cars if they can get through the 70 lapper they have on Saturday night. I see a bunch of them. And, um, you know, you always get your kind of your stragglers, your smaller teams. But I think, uh, I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at low 70s anyway. I think it'll be really good. And I think, I think the quality of the field is going to be really impressive. I think that's the other thing. It's not just 70 cars and there's, uh, you know, 50 of them that don't have a chance. I think it's going to be a really interesting day. Well, the one thing I love about the race is, it's the luck of the draw and where you start in the qualifying. I just absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I've sort of been uh, sort of dipping my toe in the waters. Of, I'd love to see him do time trials on Saturday night and just go to, like, I think, uh, frankly, I find the qualifying heats are a little bit overrated. I think if you go back and you look at the last few years and you look at the cars that didn't make the race, um, there's not many surprises anymore. I think we used to have. That is true. Oh, a lot more. I think last year everybody said, "Well, the big surprise was Jeff Taylor," and I was like, "Well, Jeff ran once all year, and it was that you, race." You so. can't you can't bring your car over to Oxford two fifty weekend and expect to do anything, and that's the only time you race it all year long. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work. Yeah, that no, way. it's true. I mean, and Jeff is building. I mean, hey, he's built Kirk Gary's car, and that thing's pretty fast. So he's he's built plenty of Oxford two fifty winners. He's a nine time track champion. He hasn't won it himself, but there is something to be said for getting the car over there yourself and and running it. And Jeff hasn't done that, but. You know, he's got other stuff going on. Right. He's pretty busy at work from what I yeah, think. Yeah, no doubt. Talking with Travis Barrett from centralmaine.com. How uh, how far uh, done are you on your on your high school previews? What are you, what, uh, what is your what is your tasking with this? Like is there certain uh, well, schools? Is it sports? How does it work? Uh, well, yeah. So, oh man. Um, so I've got uh, I look, I I I'm really lucky in that um, because of the Oxford 250 and the effort that we put into that as a staff. Um, you know, typically it's, for me, it's here's all the soccer teams, boys and girls that we have, and it's roughly, uh, the number comes out somewhere around 40-something soccer teams. And so, um, you know, a couple, few years ago I did them all, uh, which means you get in touch with every coach and you write a preview capsule and you write, uh, you know, four preview stories about the season and you find your players to watch and you do all that kind of stuff. But, um, we've kind of spread up the soccer a little bit. They've taken some of the stuff off my plate to kind of help me with the 250. So I'm down to like 2016, I think I have to get a hold of or something in that neighborhood. So I'm about two-thirds of the way done. If my boss is listening, I'm just about done. But realistically, just between you and I, I'm sure nobody's listening. Um, <laughs> I'm about two-thirds of the way through it this morning. I'm going to get some more done today, so we'll be in good shape. My goal is to get it all done by tomorrow so that when we go to Oxford 250 Media Day, then I only have to start worrying about the race. It makes Which sense. I've already started worrying about, so it doesn't even matter. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, right. I totally get that. I yeah. totally, I totally. Then get I got that. some some Twitter troll talking about Mookie Betts. <laughs> what is your problem with me, like ribbon Mookie Betts? Like you know, you know, everything I do is pretty much tongue in cheek, right? Okay, like, this, okay. I'll tell you what's funny. But yeah. This is my, I don't have an issue with it, as you know. The issue is the Yankee fans who then pile on as if what you're saying is is a fact. Like, that you really believe that. And I had a guy the other day who I was like, yeah, that's pretty hilarious that he's overrated. Um, 
And I said, you know, I hate the Yankees, but I would never say that Stanton and Judge can't hit for power. You know, that would be ridiculous. And then the guy immediately went to, they're going to blow the lead. The Red Sox suck. <laughs> Yankees 27 championship. And I, and I literally, you can go find it. I literally wrote back and said something effective. Probably when you're ready to have a grown-up sports competition. I know, and that's like, what that's what I happens. And that's why yeah. it's so funny. Like, that, those are the, that's what, it's weird. That's just what people do. But that's, those are the people the the their eyeballs and their views they get fired up so you want you want to get them engage, engaged on things so I, I have no problem look I, people you know can we do that here's the problem possible? where are they <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> you want to help me find them you want to let yeah. me know you want to let me know where <laughs> they are you'll be the first person I call because yeah. I will I will grab my fishing pole and I will I'll even buy a license and I will just I will put the hook in and I will wait. Because I have no, I have no problem waiting for that. It's just you got to take the people. Have to be, Yankee fans have to be watching that. They'll never admit it, right? But you have to be watching that AL West race and thinking, dear God, please don't let the A's win. Oh no! Exactly. No, no, no! It's not the A's. It's not the yeah. It's 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 the concern that the A's win that division and you get Justin Verlander in a one-game playoff. That's Forget I mean. it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what. Forget you know, it. It's got to be scary. I mean. I'm scared of what if we do have a monumental collapse and that's what the Red Sox end up with. Like, I don't want any part of that. Nobody does. But that's the, that's the terrifying part about the wild card. Well, take a look at that one-game wild card. Say the Yankees have to go to Oakland for whatever reason for that game. You finish yeah. in Boston. You're going to go to Oakland for a one-game playoff then come back to Boston again. Mm, that's true. That's true. I, I, look, somebody, asked, somebody drew, I think Drew asked me last night at the office. He was like... Um, we were watching that game. He's like, do the Indians scare you like they did two years ago? I said, listen, if you get to the ALDS and you look at the teams that are involved here, they all kind of scare you. I mean, Oakland's a team that probably doesn't scare you, but they should because they're pretty darn good. I mean, right, they're hot as anybody, and um, they're finding ways to win games, and we all know, like, belief is a dangerous thing. And so, I don't know, you get down to the final three or four teams in those leagues, especially in the AL. Like, we talked about the AL is so top-heavy. Well, when you get to the playoffs, you're playing the top heavy. And, man, they're all scary. But I, the Red Sox are better than they've been. So I, I'm not terrified. I just, you know, I don't want them to lose. But that's a different argument, right? I don't, you know, they can lose. I just don't want them to. I just worry about Chris Sale come playoff time. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. And I, know I, I want to think that, but the more I look, ugh, I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. So he goes on the DL the first time. He comes back. Right, and throws five innings, strikes out 12, yeah. Right? And so then they're like, ah, let's put him on the DL again. And I, I think you're looking at he's coming back next month. He's going to make one or two, probably two starts. Right? I don't think one is what they're going to give him. But they're going to give him a couple starts. He's going to be on a low pitch count, and he's going to be Josh Beckett, 2007. I hope you're right. He's going to be lights out. I believe it. I totally believe it. Okay. You think so? I do, and you know why? It's little things like you see him in the dugout last night. Like, if he's hurt, hurt, and they're thinking this could be the end of the year, like, you're getting, those guys don't stick around because you don't want them, you don't want the negativity and the despair and the, every day you look at him and you go, there goes, our chance is gone because he can't, no, he's there, he's, they're fine. I'm telling you, it's going to be lights out. Okay. Okay. I also believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Two <laughs> Well... You know, I was just talking with Steve Buckley in the last half hour, and we we talked about the '74 team, and neither one of us was alive. But I did quite I a little. I was alive, apparently, yeah. Okay, so and he was a, he was a freshman in college, and he shared the story of it. And he's like, you know, that's one of the worst gag jobs of all time that no one ever talks about. Mm. And I'm I don't like, know, I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, 
And I'm like, boy. And I went back and looked at it, and you know, just just look at the numbers. They were at the end of August, they were up seven and a half games, and they finished in third place, out seven and a half games. So they lost fourteen games in a month. Yeah, I you know I, somebody was saying you know like again we talk about like these collapses, like the chicken and beer crowd and all that kind of stuff, right? But here's the difference. Like, look at the Red Sox and look at how many times they've lost three games in a row this year. You have to go back to I think it's April. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, this team it, it's until after tonight. Yeah, I know that is. I, I know. I thought I, I texted somebody last night after the loss. I said two losses in a row. What are we, the Orioles? Yeah, <laughs> first time it's, since it's, June. What's your problem? Yeah, yeah it, look, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you're gonna you lose two or three, even four games, but we're talking about they have to lose. They they have to lose like they have to lose. I mean, you, you have to have a monumental losing streak. And if you look at this team and this lineup and even the, the you know, cobbled together pitching staff they got going right now, I don't see that. I mean, do we see that coming? I'm not saying it can't, but does anybody really think, yeah, the collapse is coming? We've seen all the signs. It's not so much, not so much I want to see a collapse. It's just I don't want them to be playing poorly into the playoffs. Yeah, but again, we're looking at a team that's won 80, what, are they 88 now? I can't Yeah, they are. They've won so many games, I can't even keep track, right? <laughs> it's not a, this isn't a team that's like going to, you know, uh, you know, win 92 games and somehow eke out the division. Like, this is unbelievable. And, and we're all so worried because we're Red Sox fans and that's how we're, I'm trying to be the voice of reason, which right. is an uncomfortable position for me. But if, if I'm looking at it realistically, I mean, I, I just don't see it, you know? And, and even if you, so what's for that? What's for them playing poorly going into the playoffs? Oh my God, they went uh, seven and seven in their last two games, or they went nine and six. Yeah, okay. I mean, I can still take that. I'm good. I'm good. I've seen the track record this year. The lineup's good. It's deep. Um, the pitching staff is good. Price has been good. So I think we're all right. Kimbrel, Kimbrel's awful. Yeah, I agree. He's the he's the guy I wouldn't trust right now. Well, there's a lot of them. Like, even you know, what's funny is like Matt Barnes' first half of his year was, was so good. You know, he didn't get any credit for how good he was. Oh, absolutely. And then all of a sudden, he can't throw strikes. It's like, and when he does, they're getting hit out of the yard. So, but but again, I said this. I was we've had these discussions like that bullpen. What you see now, everybody gets all fired up about Thornburg and Barnes and Embry and. Um, Palmer, and I'm like, listen, the bullpen's not going to look, and when you get to October, the bullpen's not going to look like it does right now. You're going to have, you might have Yavaldi back there being your Andrew Miller guy who's like, go give us three, and, and tomorrow go give us two outs, and it's just, there's so many different things you can do when you get to the playoffs. I just don't, not worried. I'm not, maybe I should be, but I'm not. I want to, I'm just, I'm just kind of along for the ride because I, I want to, I know that one way or the other hit history will be witnessed. Okay. Like that's really what I, I, they're either going to be the greatest single season team of all time, or it's going to be the greatest single season collapse of all time or the greatest. I can't believe they didn't do it. I mean, they'll be right up there with the 2001 Mariners, you know, like one way or the other. I think it's what we've I, we've definitely talked about this, right? Like, it's what's so fascinating about playoff baseball. And somebody said, if they don't win the World Series, are you going to be disappointed? And I'm like, no, but if they get bounced out of the ALDS in three or four games, I will be. Um, I, I just, I think they got to get to the League Championship Series. And, if you, you know, I mean, you get down to six or seven games and you, the matchup doesn't go your way or, you know, you hook one foul when it should have been fair. 
you know, stuff can happen. But I think, you know, realistically, they just got to be in it deep. It, it, but I know the Boston sports media, and, and if they don't win it all, that's what we're going to read about. And I, I think that'll be a little bit unfair. But we're putting the cart way before the horse. You know, we got to let's get to the postseason and then see what happens. See, and that's the, it's funny that you mentioned that too, but that is really the biggest, that's the biggest issue. Like once the Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2001, everybody's season became, you know, championship or bust. Full championship, oh, yeah. not conference championship. Yeah. I've been a uh, Boston Sports Journal subscriber since the beginning. And they had a headline yesterday about um, Red Sox fans. Welcome to every Patriots season since 2001. And I just want, it makes me want to vomit. Like there's zero correlation. There's none. and. The sports aren't the same. The rosters aren't the same. Your roster management isn't the same. Uh, the fact that you play every day for six months, it's not the same. I'm so tired of this. Every Boston sports team gets compared to the Patriots. And, you know, I hate the Patriots. I hate them so much. I hate all of that stuff. Um, and as a diehard Red Sox fan, it just makes me sick to my stomach that we have to keep going. Why can't you be more like the Patriots? I'm like, well, for starters, because Belichick can cut anyone he wants without any excuse on a dime. You know, it doesn't. It's just so different. It's so different. You've got a league where if Chris Sale could pitch every game, let's just theoretically go with me on this one. Let's just say those pitchers are capable of pitching 162 games. Baseball's a different game, right? My best pitcher can pitch every day. He can throw seven innings every night. His arm won't fall off. It's like having Tom Brady, you know? It, come on. It's not the same. Stop comparing it. Sorry. Well, I like to compare baseball to, baseball to basketball. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities between the Yankees and Celtics right now. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I can see you like, hmm, where, do you, where are you going here? Like, both teams were kind of a year early, and then the years that they did well and they were expected to do something, they're kind of you know taking that step back a little bit, you know, and... It's interesting. Mm. The only difference is the the um, I actually trust Brad Stevens. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I trust him. I, you don't. You're, you're done with Boone, huh, Silver? No, no. I'm 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 done. I was done. Yeah. The 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 four game sweep at Fenway bad. was was like, buddy, like could you yeah. have mismanaged that any worse? Than, yeah. than it could have been done. Like I thought I, they looked like a team that didn't want to play. They looked like they looked like the Red Sox under Farrell last year. You know, like, yeah, we're good and we have a ton of talent, but we just don't care enough. We ju- that, and that's exactly what it looked like, or they just weren't being... To me, I just don't think they're put in the right situations. Right. He never... He is like... He should do like what Costanza did that one time where he just went with the opposite of what he was thinking. Right. Like, to right. me, that's what needs to happen. He should just go opposite. Do you think you should take the starter out here? Oh, you do? Okay, well, maybe leave him in. And vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's kind of where it is for me with him right now. He's really going to have to... I mean, they they had... um, They were honoring the 1998 team on on Saturday, and Joe Torre was there. And I was just like, could Joe Torre... Like, if this was WWE, Joe Torre would hit him with a steel chair and just take the job back. You know what I mean? Like Huge pop, by the way. Yeah. I would have been all about that. Like, oh, please, I, yeah. I, I, but no, Joe Torre didn't decided he didn't want to do that apparently. And now here we are still stuck with, with Aaron Boone, but I mean, I'm, he, I'm kind of stuck with him. So I kind of got to hope he does well, but I don't, I don't expect it. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Whole thing. I thought it, I thought it's interesting that at the end of last year, maybe it was the year before, um, I thought, yeah, Farrell gets a lot of, he gets a lot of criticism, but 
it's baseball, and little things happen, and some of it you can't control, and you play it right. And then, by the end of last year, I was like, something's just not right. Time for a change. And then they bring Cora in, and they feel like it's essentially the same lineup, you know, plus Martinez. And and it's just a different energy, right? Like, they feel like you feel like every out matters again, and, and that they're playing like every out matters. Maybe it's just because they're winning. I don't know. But that's the perception. And so it's totally changed my thought process on baseball managers can't win and lose you all that much. I don't – it's not the games. It's not the in-game decision, right? Like, your, your decision to go to the bullpen is going to work sometimes and it's not on other times. And which guy you bring in and your match, like, what's not always going to play out in your favor. But if you take the big sample size and you watch a team for months, all those little things add up one way or another, whichever direction – and I think that is on the manager. And I, so I, Cora has totally brought me around on how I felt about John Farrell, even at the end. Like this, again, watching those, watching the Yankees and the Red Sox in that series, I thought, man, they look like the Red Sox under Farrell over there in that cycle. I agree, one hundred percent. And that's the that's kind of the vibe I get with the Yankees right now. Like they're, like John Farrell's coaching them. I don't know. It's really yeah. strange. It's, it's a, really weird. It's really weird to watch. I think. You know, it's like the whole Sanchez saga, right? Like, I mean, you shouldn't have to say to a guy more than once. Like, can we get a little hustle here? And yeah. then in the same game, it's just... And it's, it's not like... And here's the thing. Girardi did that with him last year, and that was everybody said that's what cost Girardi his job, is the way he handled Gary Sanchez last year. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron Boone's trying to do it differently this year, and that's obviously not going all that great. So yeah. what's the yeah. plan now? That's why I said to trade... I would have offered Gary Sanchez for De- Jacob deGrom uh, back when the Mets first started failing miserably around June. Mm-hmm. Would have been like, here, yeah. guys. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. You know, and, he can and hit home runs. <laughs> well, he can hit home runs. He can throw out base stealers. Okay, yeah. and and if you're the Mets, when the last time you were really good, you had a pretty good catcher. You yeah, know, and, yeah, I remember that guy. And uh, that's wow. something you can build around. And there would have been enough prospects that you could have put around that a couple that people have said, you know what? I totally get why you're trading Jacob Degrom because. It's not one of those deals where you're trading for a guy that's down in double A and you're like, oh, he might make it. Like, no, this is a guy that's a legitimate major league catcher that you could have built your team around. You know, they could have traded Mesoraco during that as well and, and been rid of that. And then Mesoraco could have backed up Romine and everybody's happy. But no, the Mets are dumb and they just want to continue to to have a pitcher that, you know, will occasionally win one game, even though he only gives up, you know, one run or less a game and waste one of the all time great pitching seasons ever on a dub team, you know? Great. Way My to go. favorite Mets stat of the entire season is the uh, doubleheader against the Phillies where they scored 30 runs that day <laughs> and somehow managed to lose one. Managed to not, not, not the sweep, just got the split. We scored 30 runs, we got a split out of it. It's amazing. They scored 24 runs in that first game of that doubleheader, and I think to myself, if Jacob deGrom had got, could have saved like maybe 15 of those runs and like allocated them out, like it was yeah. just... It's amazing. It was yeah, it was yeah, truly yeah. it was truly stunning to me how that how that whole thing worked out. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Travis Barrett, centralmain.com. You can find him T Barrett GWC on Twitter. I would make sure to follow him this week. It's Oxford 250 week. He will keep you up to date on all of that fun stuff because that will be a thing. All That's right, my thing. friend. Yeah. We will talk to you next week. See you in a few days, Trav. All right, gentlemen. Have a good day. Thank you. Travis Barrett from CentralMain.com. We'll take a break. One more on the way. Be less daily. Expect to partner shoes.
You're listening to the B-List Daily on Sports Time Maine, AM 780, WTME, Rumford, Mexico.